Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Katie. And hey there, this is Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Ooh, Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Woohoo, welcome back, y'all. Hey there, guys. It's the week of Valentine's Day, kind of. Yeah, well, this will be released the week of Valentine's Day, right? Yes. Oh, what yes, what a lovely exactly. romantic story we have to tell today on <laughs> We do about stalkers. Yeah, about about stalkers <laughs> and being involuntarily it's, committed. So <laughs> It's it kind of fits. People are involuntarily committed to relationships, maybe not involuntarily. I hope we're not. Yeah. Talking involuntarily, but oh, no. Yeah, uh they're in a committed relationship. <laughs> do we want to do any housekeeping or talk about our weeks a little bit i guess let's talk housekeeping a little bit how was your week brett it was it was good um basically stayed at <laughs> home a lot uh watched a shit ton of movies so um we That's actually good. um well i can't say we uh, i'll give you a quick rundown so i watched call me by your name um so Ooh. yeah it was That's interesting timey with Timing with all the Army Hammer stuff going on. Oh, I didn't know there was Army Hammer stuff going on. Apparently, he's not a very nice man <gasps> to women. Oh, and what? I don't know. I read like <laughs> I read some bullet points, and then I got bored. So, oh but that God. just came out like last week. Okay. But how was the movie? I I liked it. I liked it. Um, there's something very sensual about it. It's a very much a first love story. Um. So, yeah, um, it's beautiful. It's kind of like one of those movies you want to live in. Like, it's so pretty. I mean, obviously, the film's taking place in, like, Europe. And during the 1980s, everything's so picturesque. The trees and the water's so clear. So, yeah, it's definitely, like, it's a slow movie. But I really enjoyed it. It was really beautiful. Um, I watched Whiplash. Uh, (laughs) Cool. It's good. I really, really liked it. J.K. Simmons was amazing in it. I second time watching the 2019 version of Little Women. I watched it with my husband, and my mother. They loved it. Um, and then mm-hmm. I watched Blade Runner, uh, <laughs> the final that's a, cut. That's a, that's one that I saw. I love how it looks, mm-hmm. but I the plot is kind of boring. I totally agree. Like I thought it dragged in so many places. It does. Yeah, but it looks pretty. It is. I like the ending. Like I like the whole like final confrontation scene. Like I thought that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that part's cool. Actually, yeah. yeah. Okay, the whole ending part is cool, but honestly, I don't really like the romantic relationship. It, no. It, I didn't feel any heat between them and I was kind of like, "Oh, okay." And you could tell this movie was made in a different time too because when Deckard like Force kisses her. I'm just like, yeah, it's a little fucked up. So force kisses Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Harrison Ford fan. I I honestly don't even like him that much in Blade Runner. (sighs) He's kind of boring. Yeah. Did you, did you watch anything this week or did you have any? Um, 
I did. I started watching WandaVision, Woo! actually. I did. I've so watched it, too. I watched too. the first three episodes. Woo! So, uh, I thought, okay, so here's the thing. I watched it um, with our friend Peter, and I, uh, like, f- keep forgetting that she's an X-Men character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, uh... Like, what's, like, okay, so I kept asking, like, questions, and then he was like, oh, do you want me to explain to you? And I'm like, no, don't explain anything to me, except that she's Magneto's daughter, because I keep forgetting. And then I'm like, okay, because I want to see this unfold as someone who isn't a huge Marvel person. I just want to see it unfold and see what I like about it and what I don't like about it. So I'm, I'm keeping myself in the dark about this, because it is based on a comic series, apparently. So, but I like it, and I love the different, um like styles of the television genres and I think it's really funny. It's very funny. I didn't expect it to be as comedic, but I bet it's going to get more serious as the series goes on, I'm guessing. Um cuz they're already through I watched the first 3 episodes and they've already gone the 50s, 60s and 70s. So they're about to do the 80s and 90s and then the early 2000s. So I'm like, how many episodes are there? Like eight? So um, they just released the fourth episode and I watched yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. And not, I'm not going to get spoilery with you, but then you're like, with the fourth episode, you're like, and I'm watching something Marvel because it's when things start picking ah. up. Yeah. Well, one thing happened in the third episode that I was like, oh, okay. Like, I have theories in my head, but I'm like, I'm afraid to say them out loud. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, what if I'm wrong? Like, I'm like, maybe, maybe, is she creating this that's happening? Or is somebody forcing her to create it? You know, like, her subconscious, or is it an actual physical thing? I think it is some kind of physical, metaphysical thing. But, again, I don't know a lot about her, so... I mean, I think I really love Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, and I think they're stellar. And I like that Catherine Hahn is the neighbor because she's amazing. Um, she's always been like the best friend character, so I like seeing her in like a, a supporting role, but that she's there a lot. And I just like everybody. Um, I think the performances are great. And anyways, um, and then I watch. Oh, I finally watched Gardens of the Galaxy. Woo! I did. I really love it. I've been listening to soundtracks since I watched it. Come on, um, that fooled around and fell in love song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been like fooled around and fell in love. I need to watch the second one still, but I really liked it. I, it wasn't that I didn't want to watch it, but literally the the week I went to go watch it on Netflix because I've been saving it for like a special time. I was like, oh, I'm finally gonna watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Netflix had taken it off. Oh. So I watched it on Disney Plus. And what else did I watch? I feel like there's... Oh, and I watched Princess Mononoke for the first time ever, which um, I uh, kept falling asleep, but I did get through it. Um, I didn't realize how long it was, but it's it's cute. I, I The only scene that I really didn't like was the scene where she baby bird feeds him. And um, I was like, if I ever want to cosplay as Sun... Um, I would, um, definitely carry on beef jerky and just feed it to people all day. You know, post-COVID, of course. I'm gonna give, like, a major spoiler alert for Princess Mononoke. Spoiler alert! Please fast-forward by, like, a minute if you don't want to be spoiled by Princess Mononoke, which literally <laughs> came out in, like, 1998, by the way, guys. Yeah, um, it's so really old. My dad, like, literally, because I, I love anime, and this is not a secret to anyone, my dad rented it on VHS when it first came to america because it has a pretty stellar dub cast like billy curdup was in it uh claire danes was in it yeah so yeah like pretty stellar dub cast um i remember the thing that freaked me the out the most is son's adopted mother is a wolf spirit and she gets decapitated Mm -hmm. and she still the wolf's head takes off the villain's arm and i remember as a kid like literally 
just being terrified at that image. I did not realize how adult and scary it was. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, it, it gave me Last Unicorn vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Last Unicorn? Oh, yeah. Peter hadn't seen it. So he had, <gasps> I was like, this is like, the, I know, I'm going to make him watch it eventually. I have it on DVD. Sorry. If Peter, if you're listening, <laughs> you're going to watch The Last Unicorn because it scarred me for life as a child. Yes. Um. No, I'm just kidding. Um. But uh, yeah, like it gave me like Last Unicorn vibes because my friend's when I was little had the last unicorn on tape and they would watch it over and over again. And I'd have to always have to watch them. And it really freaked me out. Cause it was just so sad. Yeah. Um, I remember the last, what else did I watch? The last unicorn. I always think, cause I actually was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. And, also the boob tree. Oh yeah. The boob tree was traumatizing, but I remember when yeah. she gets turned into lady Amita and I think that's how you pronounce her name, but she yeah, like I've gets no turned idea. into the girl <laughs> and she's like, I can feel this human body dying all around me. And I was like, uh, huh, like, because she's immortal she's a unicorn and she gets transferred into a human body and of course humans are not immortal so she could feel the body dying and that's like a terrifying concept that is pretty terrifying and then i've already seen these a zillion and one times but i watched the mummy and the mummy returns the brendan fraser ones pretty good like always a treat i'm sorry i haven't watched this in a really 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 long time and i think they're on hbo max right now we did not watch scorpion king because it sucks um but i really love those i have them on dvd like in a box set and then i actually went outside this weekend very proud i went to the botanical gardens locally and not a lot of stuff was blooming but there was some stuff blooming and there was there was a guy so there's like a bamboo forest in Mm -hmm. the like the japanese gardens i don't know if you've been last year but i think it's fairly new yeah it seems like there it's it's been under construction Oh, and Tyrion's on Brittany's shoulder. He's That's never adorable thing ever. He's never done this before. I'm gonna take a picture real quick. I know, it's really cute. He's just perched. You're so, so cute. <laughs> and then he jumped. Um but we were in the bamboo forest and we were just trying to walk through it like normal people. But there was this guy there were like these two other like couples walking around and there was this guy and the girl was standing reading something like on a post and there was like a little like like uh some like a log or something next to where they were and he captain morganed his leg up there and he just like smoothly but not smoothly at all like put his arm around her and i was like okay is this like a first date or an eighth date because like i don't know i'm getting like second date vibes like still hasn't gotten to any base yet and he's just like oh hey there yeah because he wasn't saying anything it was just like asserting your dominance and i was like dude what the fuck's gonna happen in the bamboo forest oh my god it was just it was really funny and then there were a bunch of children so it was fun though it was nice to go outside um so i hope i get to go outside this weekend if the weather's good but that's like i mean so i did a lot of movie watching but also a lot of um going outside which was nice it's nice to get some vitamin d oh yeah you know also like you can socially distance enough anyways but that's what i did this weekend that's amazing Um, it was nice oh and i got my second covid vaccine today sorry that's the big news my arm is killing me but i haven't gotten any quote-unquote flu-like symptoms yet i did have a lot of friends who woke up the next day and had kind of flu-like symptoms and then they were fine in about 24 hours so i'm not looking forward to tomorrow because I have to work. So that's going to be fun. Um, but I'm really excited that I got it. And um, yeah. So yay. Yay. Yay vaccines. That's so awesome. I highly encourage. 
and it is awesome. I'm so lucky to be able to get it. Like, I feel, I've had a lot of friends, like, because they just opened it in our state to educators, too. Thank God. I don't know why they waited so long. Um, because they've been on the front lines with children, for God's sake. Um, but, like, I just hope that, like, so many people have, like, said that they have had it scheduled and then they had to cancel it because they didn't have enough supplies. So, you know, just, uh, be patient and hopefully everybody can get one. Anyways. Uh, enough about that. We have a new movie that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I'll just go ahead and hit the ground running. So um, this week we decided to do Unsane. Um, it is on mm. Amazon Prime. So, yeah. Um, I guess um, should I go straight into um, a synopsis or just a little bit of facts about the movie? Or Yeah. I think some background would be great. Yeah. You picked this movie this week. I did. So, yeah. So, Unsane is a 2018 um, movie. It was directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, He's known Mm -hmm. for... He's actually a pretty decent name in Hollywood. Uh, He first kind of got known for Aaron Brockovich, which was a huge movie when me and Katie were kids. Julia Roberts won. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember (laughs) seeing that. It was scandalous. I got to see it when I was like... 12 or 13 at my friend's house mm-hmm. like my parents had to like give their parents permission to let me and my sister watch it and then it was kind of i liked it a lot but it was a little boring for a 12 year old yeah i was like oh it's a law drama about people getting sick and suing a company oh okay like now is it maybe i should watch it as an adult yeah i feel I like, like a better. lot of academy award winning films would be very boring to children yeah, but we just thought it was so cool. Yeah. Oh, and he also I didn't I didn't realize this, but he was the youngest winner of the Palme d'Or at Con. Oh, that's for cool. Sex Lies and Videotape. Wow. When he was like twenty six. That's amazing. So, yeah, and he did all the Ocean's Eleven movies. Yeah, and he also um, fun fact did Magic Mike. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. Which and and Traffic too. Yeah. Tra- which was a big one traffic was a big one yeah which was really interesting and it seems like a, a lot of the actors he uses he uses again and again so i recognize a few faces in traffic in some of his other movies as well and he's got an interesting like casting like he cast so there's this movie which i forgot about this movie i didn't realize it was him but when i, I watched this with um our friend peter and he was like oh yeah he directed the girlfriend experience and i'd heard of that movie but i haven't actually seen it and I was looking up, like, different things, and, like, it was, like, a fact thing. They were like, oh, yeah, he actually hired an adult film actress to play the main character because it's about an escort who is, like, giving people the quote-unquote girlfriend experience. So, like, they, he wanted somebody who's comfortable doing, performing sex acts on camera. But it doesn't say that, it, it wasn't like a, um, oh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, nymphomaniac. Oh, a uh, Lars von Trier? Lars von Trier, where he was like, you have to have sex on camera. It sounds more like he just was like, I would rather have somebody who... Because, I mean, like, if you if you are a sex worker, then, like, you probably understand the culture better. Yeah. Of, like, being... I mean, not that... Adult film is different than being an escort or um, being a sex worker, like, servicing clients physically. That's a different thing. But you're a little bit more open and you might know... Yeah. That kind of business better. So I was like, that's interesting. Because now I want to watch it because I'm like, I wonder if she's like a really good actress. Like, because I don't know. That actually, but I heard it was a good movie. There is a movie I actually love. Um, it kind of like, it's different, but it reminded me somehow the talk sparked it. So there's a great movie called The Sessions. 
um, which I love. I've and it heard was, of that, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's based on a true story, and it actually was nominated for, like, maybe five or six Academy Awards a couple years back. Um, and basically, it's a, a man, uh, based on a true story, he's a poet, but he lives in an iron, an iron lung, but he's never got to experience sex because of his condition. So they hire a therapist who's, like, a sexual therapist. Um, and it's kind of, like, about their relationship and him kind of navigating this world he's never been able to enjoy. Um, which I actually think is very beautiful. And I think that movie kind of changed my mind on how people who are sex workers work. Um, I don't think of it as mm-hmm. dirty when, like, no. seeing that movie. Like, I don't know, it made me feel different. I think it was, like, first one of my first steps into adulthood. Like, being enlightened about different POVs when it comes to that yeah. kind of work. Well, it's... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, this, I'm, yeah, it's not dirty work. I mean, it's, it's the world's oldest profession. Yes. Um, and there's not, I think, and this is maybe a little bit more of a fanciful television show, but if you've ever seen Secret Diary of a Call Girl, Mm-mm. it's a television show. It stars Billy Piper, who was the first, um, what do you call companion on the new Doctor Who series. And so it, it's about a woman who is a call girl. In London, and it was written, the book that it, the series is based on was written by an actual woman who this was her profession. And it's, like, her, like, none of her friends know it. She has, like, her regular apartment, and she has her work apartment. And so, like, and it's very interesting because, like, sometimes it's, like, all about sex, but sometimes it's, like, more about the relationship aspect of that kind of a relationship of her clients. Like, one guy, it's it's more of, like, companionship, and another guy is, like... I really want to have like uh, like BDSM sex, but my wife isn't into it, and so he asks her, and then she has to go through all this training because she's never done that before. And it's just an interesting look at that. But then she also like has like a best friend that she's like in love with, but he's like marrying someone he's not good with, and so she's trying to like. It's very interesting. It's just like, she won't get into like a real relationship because she's so busy. Uh, you know, with her job, yeah. which is being somebody's relationship, but being paid to do so. So it was very interesting because it's a very human side of it. And I think, again, it's a little more fanciful. It's a little Sex in the City thrown in with that, which I started rewatching again, by the way. <laughs> um, I think because we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, it's on HBO Max. I can watch Sex in the City. Hasn't super aged great. No. Gotta say. Not at all. Some of it I'm just like, oh, okay. But not too bad. I watched this the season where um, Aiden and. Um, Oh, fuck. Carrie? No. Uh, oh, what is Miranda's eventual husband? Steve! Name? Steve! What he, they open the bar together, yeah. and Carrie, like, starts embarrassing herself, and she <laughs> sends an email that says, like, I miss you, and then I fell asleep, but I was like, and, like, he doesn't answer it for, like, days, and I was like, man, been there. Like, I don't know what it is about men, but yeah. they do not feel like they need to answer things, nope. or, like, quickly, or ever sometimes, and you're just like, are you okay? Like, you didn't answer me, and they're like, yeah, I'm fine, and you're like, Oh, okay. Yes. Boys. Mm-hmm. Anyways. But, um, yeah, anyways. So, yeah. yeah. So, he did the girlfriend experience. So, yeah. yeah. And then, um, of course, it was written by uh, Jonathan Bernstein, which I didn't, Bernstein, which I didn't find a lot of information on him, but it was also co-written by James Greer, who is known for writing children's comedies. Uh, he actually did, like, Max Keeble's Big Move, which is hilarious um, to me. Um, and the spy next door. So I think it's funny that a oh that a co-writer uh, that is usually known for writing children movies and comedies as that wrote a movie that was so dark. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I also found it weird that two men wrote this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, 
Like, I kind of... Mm. It makes well, sense we'll, we'll go through what things. I do and don't. Yeah. It makes sense on a few things, and a few other things, I'm like, I feel like they should have had more of a women's perspective. Yeah, I would agree with that. some things. Yeah, it's a little more like... I don't know. We'll talk about it more. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I guess the big thing we should go ahead and say, because, of course, what everyone knows this movie for is that it was filmed, oh, yeah. it was filmed on iPhone 7. Uh, yes. 4K <laughs> iPhone 7. Yes. And the funny so. thing about it is I was watching, I'm sure you saw the same interviews, Katie, is that um, they didn't use it as a budget thing. Like, it, it wasn't a budget choice. Yeah. It was a literal creative choice. And it yes. was also, like, the idea of adding voyeurism to the film, um, mm-hmm. which is, I I think is cool, but unnecessary. But that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, I liked it. Excuse me. You're good. I liked it in the beginning, and I didn't pick up on this, like, at first. Well, I did, and, it, like, anyways, so I was watching, obviously I was watching with someone else, and he was, like, Peter was like, oh, I get it, like, they're filming it like it's from security cameras and stuff, so, like, it's almost, like, found footage, and then it kind of branches out to not be like that, but in the beginning it was almost, like, found footage, like, it's someone spying on them, but I think they were trying to give more of the feel of voyeurism without explicitly like being constrained to that yeah because there's a couple times where he did use a dslr for very wide shots but mostly it was the iphone 7 because he went to get really close up but he doesn't use the same camera all the time like he's like i don't like he's apparently famous for just like changing up what kind of cameras he uses and you know kind of reminded me of robert eggers using like really old cameras for the lighthouse but then like using regular cameras for the vich you know like like do it whatever fits the source material. Also, apparently, when Claire Foy signed up for this, she had just gotten done doing The Crown. Mm-hmm. And he basically told her, you want to film, like, a student film? And, like, so she didn't think the movie was even actually going to get released. She thought it was, like, more of an experimental kind of thing. And then, like, she was like, oh, oh, it actually is getting released? Okay. Well, awesome. what's funny also is that, you know, with... um Jay Farrow, who plays Nate, um, he didn't know mm-hmm. that the movie was being filmed on an iPhone. No one told him that. And so he literally showed up to shooting, and there's an iPhone. And he's like, where's the camera? <laughs> I like him a lot. I do, too. I guess we should move on to characters since we're already talking about actors. Sorry. Yeah, and uh. and I was just going to say, and I, I noticed this in the interview, too, and I'm sure you caught this in the film. He is like, the only thing about using the iPhone was that it was so sensitive to vibrations so he was yeah. like, it kind of mm-hmm. Claire's acting was that, you know, because of the situation she's in in the movie as the character, she's like hitting things and she's being like thing. And he would be like, I can't have you hit something so hard, like, because it froze the mm-hmm. iPhone <laughs> Yeah, I, I had that issue when I was filming a TikTok for us. Like, I was dancing and I had it on a tripod and it still like moved and I was like, ah, fuck. But yeah, you know, that's pretty funny though. Yeah. Um, she's her acting was so good. So I guess we need to go. Should we say a synopsis first or just characters? Yeah, I can, and then I can go ahead and say this. Uh, well, we'll do characters and then we'll do synopsis before diving in. Cool. So we have, of course, Claire Foy, who, uh, everybody knows her cause she was the young Queen Elizabeth II in the crown for the first two seasons. She does a fabulous job. Um, she also, which I haven't seen this one yet. I saw all three of the Swedish films and the American girl with the dragon tattoo, but she was in the newest girl with the dragon tattoo movie called the girl in the spider's web. Um, and then we have Jay Farrow as Nate, who I, I knew his face and I kept going, 
like in my head, I was just like, I know that guy's face. He seems really familiar, but I couldn't specifically place him. But he was on SNL for like six years, and he's mostly a stand-up comedian, but he's also an actor. And I just really like him. He does a very natural um, job. Um, he seems like a real person. He honestly, he was one of the best acting character. He was one of the best actors in this movie. He and Claire Foy did a really great job because he just seems like a genuinely real person who is funny, but he wasn't being like the comic relief, which I appreciated. Like he said funny things, but it wasn't at the expense to be the comic relief. This wasn't like, I'm sorry, I like Kate McKinnon, but this wasn't like Kate McKinnon on Ghostbusters 2016 where she was just hamming up for the camera. I was like, this is a person who is a stand-up comedian, but he actually knows how to act, and I appreciate that. So I think he does a really good job, and I hope he does more movies. He is in um, another movie that is on our list. Um, So I'll mention that when we get closer. And then... um, Juno Temple, who was like a child actress, but she's she's remained pretty famous, um, plays Violet, and she's like uh, she does a really good job as a crazy person. It was a little bit um, Angelina Jolie girl interrupted yeah. for me, but I mean she or also she reminded me of um, what was Kentucky from Oh Orange yeah, Kentucky yeah, mm-hmm. Kentucky yeah. Yeah, the girl who, yeah, 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 okay. Um, you want to go with the rest of the people? Because I didn't get a background on the rest of yeah, the room. Yeah, so I will be honest. Um, Amy Mullins is Ashley Briderhouse, who's the head of the uh, institution. Um, there's not, I feel bad. It seems like she has a few film credits under her belt. I actually was not familiar with any of the movies. Um, now, there was Amy Irving at Angel- as Angela Valentini. That is... I love her. I know. I was about to say, she plays Sawyer's mother. Um, she is the original Sue Snell in the Carrie movies, um, which is awesome. Oh! That's... Oh! I loved her. Yes. I thought she was, like, the perfect, like, tough mom. Yes. I loved her so much. I was like, oh, can you be my grandma? I know. I like, love her character. badass. I thought she was, like, a really good part of this movie, too. Um, she also, of course, was in Traffic, and she was in Tuck Everlasting, too, which I never realized and put two I, together. I haven't seen that movie, but I read the book, and it crushed my soul, which is why I wouldn't see the movie. No. Because I read the book a bunch of times, and every time, it made me so sad. Um, I feel like that. Tuck Everlasting is like is like Bridge to Terabithia. Like, oh my god, my soul. Bridge to Terabithia, oh. when so many people are like, I let my children watch this movie not knowing the ending. I'm like, how do you not know the ending in one of the most famous children books ever written? I mean... But literally, I read Be- yeah. Bridge to Terabithia when I was a kid. And I remember being like, what the fuck is happening? But children's books have a really good way of doing that to you. That is a whole other conversation. <laughs> Yes, um, there's a lot of children's books that just wrecked my soul. Yeah, I'm the same way I where the red fern grows. Uh, no, I'm not going to get into that subject. Um, <gasps> oh, yes. Are you going to talk about Joshua Leonard next? Oh, I... Because I just figured out what he was in, and it makes me laugh. Oh, oh, okay, that's right. I'm so sorry. I just, I completely forgot that you... Um, yes, yeah, so uh, Joshua Leonard, who plays David Stein slash George Shaw, uh, played Josh in the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> The Blair Witch Project. So he's used to found footage movies, man. Yes. So Josh was Josh. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, they didn't know it was going to be a big thing. They just named everybody their actual names mm-hmm. because that's what you do. 
Yeah. That's hilarious. He also... He's actually done a lot of movies since then. He's kind of stayed working. And he did a shit ton of TV shows. So, like, he's been in a ton of TV shows, usually as a reoccurring guest star for, like, 36 episodes. He's done that many times with many different shows. Um, that's, that's pretty awesome. I'm so glad. Now, this is completely irrelevant, to be honest, but I still wrote it down. So, Sarah Stills is Jill, which is a co-worker of Sawyer's that she's not particularly fond of. But I had to put it down because I was like, oh my god, she has my birthday. Uh, but more than that, Aww. she Aww. she originated a Kate Monster uh, slash Lucy the Slut in Avenue Q. Uh, <gasps> she, yeah, she was nominated uh, for Academy. Oh my god. She was nominated for a Tony Award two years ago for Tootsie for Best uh, Actress oh. in a Musical. Um, and she basically has done a shit ton of Broadway shows. Like, this was her only film credit. Her only film credit. But she is, like, pretty big. On the stage. Wait, no, she's not the original. Are, is she not the original? No, Stephanie D'Abrosio Diabrosio is. But maybe she was like the understudy? Maybe. Because it had her. Past. Now I'm just like curious because I'm like, they had or her. Or maybe she was off Broadway before they went to Broadway. Let's see if we can find this out. Sometimes that happens. But, um, but Stephanie D'Abrosio, I can never say her name. It was like D A B. R-U-Z-Z-O, mm-hmm. who was also in the musical episode of Scrubs. Ah. That's the original Kate Monster. Um, I n- only know because Kate Monster, I really want to play Kate Monster. Uh, like, she is, like, one of my, like, I just want to be Kate Monster. I just like her her songs, and I like her, like, comedy, and I feel for her. And also, you get to play Lucy the Slut, which is pretty fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, she probably was in it. It's just, like, I just remember from the cast album, too. Like, it was a different lady who was the original. But no. she could have done it in the workshops, or she no, could have done right. it on Broadway. You're right. And see, that's where Katie Katie knows better about these things than I am. Sometimes I do get turned around. And now I'm like, where was she? No, it's, where was she at? just my obsession with musical theater. Yeah. And no, you're right. She wasn't part of the original Broadway cast. So I am so sorry. She did play Kate Monster, and she played her for a year. But I can't find out what show. She might have been the replacement, too. Like, she might have been the first replacement. Because, you know, those contracts, because you're working, like, five to six days a week, maybe two shows a day. Yes. Like, people, their contracts go for, like, a year, maybe two. And then they're like, I need to take a break. At least the one good thing is, is that I do know she originated the role in Tootsie just because she was nominated for the Tony for Best Actress in that musical. So I'm like, yay. Sorry. Thank you, Katie. No, no, it's okay. (laughs) I just, I'm... I have a degree in musical theater, so I had to. <laughs> I know that shit. So, synopsis. Um, so, when Sawyer Valtini is committed to a mental institution against her will, she is initially furious. However, irritation gives away to fear and paranoia when she realizes that her stalker has a new job at the same institution. Or does he? Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah. That's that's a synopsis. Do we want to give any recommendations before we get into spoilers? Um. Okay, guys, this is really really mean. Okay, it's not really mean. It's not really mean. Um, because I I always try to say this. Obviously, I'm not a movie maker. This is just my humble opinion. I think this is more of a rental. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god! Speaking of directors, we didn't even mention what happened this week. Oh my god! Oh, what happened? What happened yesterday morning? What happened yesterday morning? The fact that fucking, fucking Jim Cummings. <gasps> yes! A.K.A. the director yes! of Snow Hollow. Ah! Fucking liked our post on yes! his fucking movie. 
And now I feel embarrassed that I said anything bad about his movie. I didn't say anything bad. We love you, Jim. I was just a little critical. We love you, Jim. Well, I just, love you so just much. Just doing what you do, man. Just, you know, just, uh, we, we, we love it. We just want to see you get better and better. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I had it written down and I just skipped over it. Oh, my God. Because yesterday morning I woke are. up. I'm so sorry. I woke up and I was like, who is this Jimmy C? It's me. Instagram. I wasn't drunk. I was just really tired. And I was like, what? What? Holy fucking shit. And I texted Britt at like six in the morning. And I was just like, oh, my God. So I know it's I mean, he probably didn't even listen to the podcast. But I just appreciate that he actually liked our post about it. It's nice. And. Thank you, Jim Cummings. But yeah, we are not movie makers. But yeah, this movie, unlike Snow Hollow, is definitely a rental. Yeah, I would say this movie yeah. is definitely a rental. I um, going into it before we get down and dirty with the spoilers. I enjoyed watching the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I just don't think it has repeat value for me. I I will say I did watch it a second time because I because I was watching it with another person. Sometimes like I do converse. When I'm watching it with the movie, so there were a couple times I rewound it, so I just went to watch it once all the way through uninterrupted. Um, not that I love watching movies with other people, but sometimes, like, I did that with Overlord, too. Like, I loved watching it with other people, but then I'm always like, let me see if I missed anything, because I'm a very social person, and I will talk if you let me talk, as Britt knows this. Um, but I do think the second time it moved a lot faster, mm-hmm. so I almost enjoyed it more um, than the first time. But um, I, it's not something I'm going to rewatch again and again and again and again. Yeah. But I think the the great part about this movie is definitely the performances. I agree. Um, the camera work is phenomenal. I didn't even know it was filmed on iPhone when I was watching it the first time. And so, like, finding that out later was like, wow, they did a lot of really cool shots with an iPhone. That's amazing. Um, and I, there's an unreliable narrator aspect to it, which I'm a big fan of Catcher in the Rye. So, like... I was like, cool. I like that. Um, and then also, um, spoilers, there's a random Matt Damon appearance. Yeah, my my husband literally said that. He goes, is Matt Damon? I said, is it? That's yeah. what Peter said. I was like, I was not picking up on it at all. I was just like, who's that dude? Why are we like having this whole like, like, thing? And t- he's like, that's Matt Damon. I was like, Taylor what? saw no, the pro- Taylor saw the side profile and just set up. It was like, "This Matt Damon." Like I was like, "Do what? men just like like know who Matt Damon that, that is?" That must be a man actor. Like men must like him. I mean, I like Matt. Damon. I do too. I don't have anything against him. He's a good him, actor, but I didn't get that excited. Like my husband got no. super excited. So it was a good little moment, but I was just like, "Why is Matt Damon in this?" Role? Like, are they just best friends? I wasn't sure. I didn't hear anything, but maybe they're just really close. Yeah. Wait, he's in all the Ocean's Eleven movies. Oh, maybe that's it. So maybe that's why he was in it, because they're probably friends since they've done, like, a bunch of movies together. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, I will say it, um, yeah, it's not really a rewatch. Yeah. And there's a lot of plot holes yeah. in the premise of the movie that was bothering me. And I, yeah, I was like, I don't think this would actually happen. Um, but then they almost acted like what was happening, it was happening all over the world, and this is a call to action, almost like Spotlight, where I just don't think, I don't think this happens nowadays. I think it did happen in, like, the 50s, um, with, like, asylums, but, yeah, I also didn't really love 
the music. I was about to say that the score was one of my least favorite things about this movie. Yeah. It sounded like Thanks little... Just Getting Hit. Yeah. yeah. It was like, and I was just like, it felt like a spy movie music or like, like, like the chase scene of a Christopher Nolan movie, but they would play it in parts where it wasn't that exciting. There wasn't layers to it. Yeah, it was almost like you should just, like, let the scene play, especially when you have such good actors. Like, never underestimate the power of silence. Yeah. You know. Anyways, but I guess we should get into spoilers. Yeah. So, um, guys, this is, again, this is Unsane 2018 on Amazon Prime. Please go watch it. It is free on Amazon Prime right now. And mm-hmm. you've been warned. We are officially in three, two, one. Spoiler territory. Spoilers. Uh, yes. Sorry, so we are to join you in the moment. Yes, yes. We are starting off at the beginning of the movie as Sawyer Valentini. She works as like a bank uh, data data analyst, and uh, she seems to be very good at her job. Her creepy boss hits on her as the picture of his wife and kids sit okay, on his desk. I gotta say that I don't know if he was actually hitting on her the second time I watched it. I think maybe it was more of because of her situation mentally with her PTSD. Maybe she was looking at it that way oh if it okay hot take like maybe more into the psychology of like when you've been stalked yeah you start to question every person's actions yeah. towards you like are they trying to get something from me are they a creepy stalker are they a creep like maybe he wasn't an office creep and maybe he just was friendly and didn't realize that he maybe was coming off as a little too forward I don't know. The first time I watched it, I thought he was a creep. And then I was like, or is he? Yeah. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just a guy who's overly friendly. And he genuinely wants to help her with her job. But she's standoffish because she doesn't trust any men now because of what's been happening to her. That was just, I mean, I I didn't think about that until the second time I watched it. But, or he could be a creep. I don't know. Yeah. You're right. Um, It's up to interpretation. I like it. Hot take. Hot take. Um... (laughs) Hot take. Hot take. Uh, she definitely um, doesn't... If he was trying to be friendly, she's definitely very uncomfortable by the situation. Um, yes. You can tell she moved very far away. So um, she moved from, I believe it was Boston originally, to she's in... Yes. Where, where is she at now? Uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So I think I think probably, I want to say Philly. They didn't actually say, but I would assume Philadelphia. Yeah. It's like a big city for sure. It's a big city. Yeah. Yeah. So. And she doesn't have any friends. Like, she's even kind of secretive with her mom. Um, and you come to find out that her dad passed away uh, years back. And so she goes to the bar, and she's out on, like, a dating app. And she basically tells the guy at the bar, she's like, look, you're never going to call me again, but you're going to get what you want out of this. Um, and he was like, okay. And so they go to her home, and they're making out. And she just kind of has a freak-out moment and, like, pushes him away, goes in the bathroom, and locks the door. Um, which is the first sign that, well, one of the first signs that we have that something's not right. Like, there is some kind yeah. of trauma with her. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and she decides to go. She They, they don't give, leave you in the lurch for too long because she immediately Googles um, support groups for victims of stalking. Oh, also, we forgot to say, at the very beginning, there's a weird, creepy... Um, audio what am i trying to say oh yeah the uh, blue narration. yes the blue where he's like i love seeing you in blue i know the first time i saw you you were in blue and every time you wear blue it always reminds me of that i knew that i was going to change since i met you which i i just remember going ew yeah because like i don't like 
that. Yeah. Like, I know when people are like, you changed my life. I'm like, um, that's a little too dramatic for me. I mean, I guess you did. But I mean, Britt, you're a veteran of marriage. Do you ever, like, say, Taylor changed my life? No. I woke up when I met you. Usually, uh, my affection is making fun of him or talking shit about him, so, yeah. yeah. It's real people. Yep. Real people. I'm not <laughs> saying lo- love is beautiful, love is great, um, but I also, like, think real people and real relationships, you can be mushy every once in a while, but I don't think most people are like, you changed my soul when I met you. Those people are putting it on for Facebook. Yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nobody needs to be a part of your relationship but you. Anyways, um, but, yeah, anyways, so you find out that she's been stalked, and she goes to a therapist, and she seems like a really nice therapist, and I was like, oh, good, she's getting help, she's doing what she should do, she's getting help, and she's like, I mean, we think anyone who's gone through, like, a mental health crisis, um, will know that, like, you're like, hey, like, I know that what I'm thinking is not right. I know that, like, she's, like, I know that my stalker isn't following me. Yeah. I know that's my neuroses. And I know I'm manifesting my worst fears. But I'm not rational because of my neuroses. So she's kind of in a conundrum. And she just, like, has a really good time talking to the therapist. And she's, like, okay, awesome. And she asks her if she's ever thought of ending her life. And she has... She doesn't really say, like, yes. She was just kind of, like, well, I've thought about it. I have a plan. I would, like, spend the whole day experimenting with drugs and stuff. But she's, like... But she doesn't say, like, she's ever tried it or that she is really intending on trying it. Um, and I think the... I mean, there there is such a thing as um, committing somebody if you think they're going to do harm to themselves or others. But generally speaking, the most you can do, as far as I've heard, is 72 hours. I've never heard of people being forced to stay against their will for a whole week. So what happens is she fills out paperwork, and she thinks she's filling out paperwork to um, sign up for therapy with this therapist. And they're like, okay, wait here. And then all of a sudden they're just very, like, they're very creepily, like, not really telling her what's going on. But, tell, but like, she's complying. And they're like, you signed this for 24-hour observation because you were thinking of killing yourself. And she's like, um, no, I didn't. They're like, well, this is your signature right here. Which, first of all, I'm sorry. You have to read everything before you sign it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, like, on one hand, like, yes, she should have read it before she signed it. But also, I'm pretty sure if someone's voluntarily there... Um, under observation, you can leave at any time. Yeah, and that was my understanding too. And there was a few situ- there was a few things as the scene was unfolding that would like before I, before it shows that she like um, it was involuntary commitment. I'm um, like um, she keeps going with the orderly willingly. So it's like you know they're like come back here with me, and she just is like oh I, I gotta go back to work. But then she goes back with there with them, and I'm like what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? I was like, honey, stop. And then she's stop. literally in a fucking hospital gown. They're giving her medication. And she's like, can did I get to go after this? And it's like, no, you're in a hospital gown being given medication. Why would you think you get to go after this when you're complying yeah. with everything they're saying? Um, so, yeah. So, it's like the whole scene was kind of making me upset. Because, one, it's like, I don't mm-hmm. think logically this is how it would happen. But then, two, it yeah. didn't feel like Sawyer was fighting it hard enough for me either. Yeah, I mean, she calls 911 instead of calling her mother. Her mother. Yeah. 
Like she and I get that she's like, oh, I'm gonna call nine one one, but she's like, well, crazy people call them, and the nurse is like, people do this all the time. Like you signed a form, like they're not gonna take you seriously. Which I mean, if I was a nurse too, like I'd be like, I mean, that's not how you get your way. I would have called a family member to come yeah. and get me um, personally. Um, but yeah, like all of it's just very weird. And like I, you know, I do work in healthcare, but I don't work in inpatient healthcare. But my mom has. My mom's a nurse, and I just feel like. I've never heard of, like, people getting involuntarily committed like that no. for such a minor instance. Not anymore. Way back when, in, like, the 50s, people would, like, drop their kids off. Or, like, in the 60s, like, for smoking pot, they'd drop their kids off at an asylum. And it's god-awful. Like, people got lobotomies because they were stressed out. Like, that's awful. It's uh, My favorite murder just did a history of lobotomy. So did last podcast on the left. So I've heard a lot about the bad parts of asylums. But this isn't really an asylum. It's like an inpatient therapy clinic. Yeah. Also, it bothered me that there were all these people, men and women. Yes, co-sleeping. In a ward together. Yes. Which I don't think would ever happen. We said that too. Me and my husband both said the exact same thing. We were like, they wouldn't all be allowed to sleep in one room. And it definitely wouldn't be men and women sleeping in the same room together. No, like, that's weird. Like, it's just not. And that's why I was, I was like, I wonder if it's a budgetary constraint. Because this movie apparently was only shot in, like, ten days. And only cost, like, a million dollars to make. So it's not like, like, I mean, maybe they just were like, these are the rooms we have. But I kind of thought it was weird that they were sleeping in the same room. But also, like, I guess it was kind of like, well, maybe there wouldn't be a reason for her to converse with uh, Nate. Jay Farrow's character if they weren't in the same room sleeping yeah. together. But it just, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to It me. also doesn't make um, sense that, like, they are locked all in there together. Like, granted, yes, there's orderlies outside the room, but, I mean, the orderlies aren't watching them through the window, so anything could happen in the middle of the night. Yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't really under, well, I guess they're, they could, they should be watching them through the window, but they probably aren't. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah, that, there's a lot of, like, little, little plot holes that I was just like, um, yeah, like that. Um, and then, so she, she's not having a great time there. And she does meet this guy, Nate, who seems to be, uh, very with himself. And he explains that he's here because he has an opioid addiction. And it's like a four-month program or four-week, oh, Mm four-week program. So he's almost done. And he seems to know a lot, and he keeps, like, a notebook. Yeah, and he even says, and he's like, you know, the, this is, this place is inf- infamous for basically getting people to involuntarily commit themselves um, as far of a insurance fraud. Yeah. Right. So, which, I mean, like, I, mm, maybe, but <laughs> I don't, th- this, I don't think this is a wide, I have a hard time believing this is a wide scale Issue because one, I do work in healthcare and I work with insurance claims. Healthcare, health insurance never wants to pay for anything. So, (laughs) like, I I deal with so many people who get denials because they have a deductible they haven't met. And I'm like, I can't imagine that this would be that big of a deal because I'm pretty sure a home health stay or a health stay at a therapy clinic would be like a lot of money and you'd probably get a huge denial. So, like, they're not really paying. So, unless you have amazing insurance with a, you know, $100 deductible, which they do exist, but they're very few and far between, you're going to get a huge denial. And the, the so the, the medical service isn't going to get their payout. So, it just doesn't make sense in a, the modern world of insurance. Yeah. But this is, 
It's 2018, though. It's only a few years exactly. ago. Exactly. So, like, if this was, like, a 90s movie where the insurance was a lot better because people had lower deductibles, I would say absolutely. Yeah. But anyways, enough about insurance. But there's just a lot of plot holes. Yeah, exactly. what we're trying to say. I do. It's like, I'm just like, I just don't think this would happen. I did want to mention that we do also at this point meet Violet, who's another female patient, yes. and she is very aggressive. She froze a used tampon at Sawyer, um, which I don't think... Which was a very... Um, not realistic. Yeah, very man thing. This is how, this is one of those moments you could tell the script was written by two men. Also, yeah. they don't let patients have, like, tampons, I don't think, in institutions. I know they don't in prisons. I don't even know. So they don't let them have tampons in prisons. Do they not? I don't think so. I don't think that's something you have I've to heard. wear a pad? I think that's something I've heard, yes. That's gross. Yeah. Please let us know if you've been to prison. Yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, kidding. pretty sure that, but. like, a tampon applicator, I don't know. But oh, yeah. you're right. Because the ta- well, what if they give them the cardboard ones? Those are so uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Sorry, tampon talk with Britt and Kate. But we also tampon talk. Um, but we also know that Violet has made a shank at this point, because she yes. shows she basically or shiv. Is shank? it a shank or a shiv? That is a good question. I do not know this don't lingo. Know. <laughs> I did watch a couple episodes of Oz, but I don't remember. It is something to stab her with because she threatens her. <laughs> that's not funny i'm sorry it's not funny but i will say violet is very much like your stereotypical like hollywood patient in a mental health facility like she's like i'm wild and violent and i talk like this and i got i got braids in my hair but i'm super white like i'm like okay it's a little it's a little cartoonish mm-hmm. everyone else seems pretty normal and I will say there's a point where this guy grabs Sawyer's boob. Not aggressively. It was a weird thing. He's like, hi, I'm Jacob, I think, or Justin. Mm-hmm. He's like, hi. And she's like, fuck off. And he just, like, puts his hand on her boob. He doesn't even, like, squeeze it. He just, like, puts his hand there. And she, like, punches him. By the way, uh, Sawyer's not a nice person. Mm-mm. I will say. She's not a bad person. But she's kind of a bitch. Yeah. And not, not in, like, she, like, she just has a very tough outer shell. And... Um, so, like, you can understand why she would come off as aggressive yeah. and confrontational um, when people are analyzing your behavior. Um, I kind of like that they have a non-lovable main character. That's kind of okay. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. agree. She's very um, tough-surfaced. Um, and she's not very likable. And it's right after she hits her, um, the fellow inmate, the man that touches her boob, uh, she starts banging on the door and the orderly opens and she has a freak out like she did earlier in the movie with the man that came to her house, the, the one night stand guy. And she like full on assaults this orderly and punches him in the face. And so. Yes, because she thinks it's her stalker. Yeah. And at this point I'm like, maybe that's what like. Because they initially said it was a 24-hour thing. And I'm like, is this what gets the 24-hour thing turned into, like, the week thing that happens? Is after... I think yeah. so. I'm pretty sure. But she... So she freaks out. And then uh, Nate kind of talks to her. And he's like, you just need to be calm. Just get through the seven days. And she finds out she's got seven days. And they're upping her doses. And she's just like... She finally... Um, but she sees Nate using a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So she uses it to call her mom. And her mom's like, I'm going to get you the fuck out of it. But right before that, she goes to get her medicine after the doctor ups her dosage. And there's a guy there with a different name that looks exactly like her stalker. And she is convinced that it is him. And he's like, it's not me. I don't know. I've never met her before. And she's like, holy fucking shit. He followed me. Which, this is another plot hole. How did he know she was in a mental facility? I mean, I guess he was stalking her to 
Pennsylvania. Yeah. But how did he... I guess because he was stalking her. But I'm just curious because it's not like she told work where she was going. She just went there. Yeah. So I guess maybe he was just following her all the time. I thought maybe he just um, got a job just to have a livelihood while she was there. And it just like happenstance she ends up there. Like I didn't know if that was like possible. Uh, no, because he... He, spoiler alert, kills somebody for the job. Oh, oh, I thought he was just using the name. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to figure out, too, because I was like, because, I mean, if someone was already working there, they would recognize her coworker. They'd be like, you have a different face. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. But so, but I was a little bit like, how did he know exactly Mm -hmm. where she was? Um, But it does take him a few days to get there. So maybe he, you know, Mm -hmm. followed her. So she has like a freak out. And again, they're like, oh, my God, she's freaking out. And Nate lets her use her phone. He's he's being, like, a really nice guy. And he tells her about the insurance scam. And her mom comes down. And the bitchy administrative lady's like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is what's going on. And she, like, guilts her about, like, oh, I don't think, like, being especially litigious would look good for her new job. Because she's only been there a few weeks. And her mom's just like, what a fucking bitch. So she calls her lawyer and her lawyer like is like, just let her write out the seven days. But of course I'm going to take legal action and then hangs up on her. She's like, did you hang up on me? It was really funny. Um, I love her mom. I did too. Her mom is like super mama bear, like just like aggressive. Like you can tell, see where Sawyer gets response. So what am I saying? What happens next? Oh, yeah. So she, the, the guy who she thinks is David, her stalker, um, he shows her a piece of mail from her mom's yeah. mailbox, and she freaks out again. And I actually like the way this, that and way that scene was filmed because it's so quick and sudden. Yes. Like he's giving the medication, and he just holds up the letter, and it's like it's such a quick scene that you're just like that was the moment that I was like, is this her paranoia or is this something real? Right? Yeah, because you're still not sure. Yeah. And then she like uh, gets a dosage of the wrong medicine and she is this was a really cool camera scene she like is freaking out and they just kind of play everything in fast forward and like everything's like going like there's multiple like it's like double vision and like she doesn't even know what's happening and then nate like wakes up and he's like wakes she's like i think you broke the tv and she's being like totally chill with her and she finally tells him like kind of her backstory and he's like so she's like yeah Ever since my dad died when I was a kid, like, I just, like, I've kind of, like, had some problems opening up socially. And she tells her, like, so this is how I met David, was I wanted to be a medical student. I wanted to be, like, a surgeon, but I just didn't have the follow-through for it. So I changed my major, but I still wanted to help out people. So I ended up um, volunteering at a hospice. And she is, like, reading to David's dad, who's in hospice, who obviously has dementia of some sort or Alzheimer's. And so he doesn't recognize David, but David just spends the whole time staring at her instead of his dad. And she felt kind of bad for him. And he got obsessed with her thinking, and he like tells her at his dad's funeral, he would want us to be together. And I'm like, really? That's weird. Okay. Um, but so he basically is just all like, um, it starts out really small. And then he just like aggressively texts her all the time, shows up everywhere. And she starts blocking him And then she's getting out of the shower one day and she sees that someone has broken into her house and left a blue dress out for her. And that's where she hires Matt Damon to tell her how to live her life. Not Matt Damon as an actor. Matt Damon playing a... Matt Damon's a character. (laughs) Um, Because they never give him a name. They call him Matt Damon. So, 
<laughs> Matt Damon in his like kind of nerdiest too, because he's just like, yeah, you want to change this and change that, and he's like, you always change your routine, delete your Facebook. She's like, well, my Facebook's private. He's like, yeah, that that doesn't mean anything. They can still get to you. And I mean, I, you know, she starts talk. She tells the therapist, she's like, you know something happens and you start to question everything about your life, like changing your routine every day is seems normal. Everything's normal. And you start like not trusting yourself. And I, I had a very minor stalking incident in high school where this is a cautionary tale. Y'all. Um, I was an idiot and I was on AOL instant messenger or aim. And I thought I was talking to a friend from high school, like a casual friend from high school. And like halfway through the conversation, I realized this is not the same guy. But I was having a really good time talking to him, so I kept talking to him, and we were, like, instant messaging pals. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then he got kind of, I don't know, he, I don't even know if he saw a picture of me, but he got kind of obsessive with me and would, kept asking me out. And I was very young. I was, like, 15, and I really wasn't, like, I didn't drive myself anywhere. So I was like, I mean, I don't really feel comfortable going on a date with someone I've never met. So I was like, thank you so much, but I just would rather remain friends you know, but thank you. But he just like, wouldn't take no for an answer. And somehow he got my phone number and called my number. Um, and I, uh, blocked him and I thought all was well. And I had forgotten that I told him where I worked. And one day I was at work and he, there was a guy and he started telling me all this stuff about me to my face. And I was like, it was one of those, like, I remember looking down cause I worked as like a cashier at this really cool restaurant and uh, I remember looking at, like, the menu on the computer and then, like, slowly looking up, realizing I knew this person. And I was like, like, it was just the most terrifying thing ever. Maybe he thought it was cute. I don't know. But he had brought a friend. He was like, hey, it's so-and-so. And I was like, hi. So, like, this wasn't, like, a coincidental, like, hey, I just happened to come to your work and you just happened to be there. This was, like, a planned event. Yeah. And he brought a friend and it freaked me out because like maybe he was nervous and he brought a friend for support or maybe he's a creepy rapist and he was like going to kidnap me. I didn't know the answer and I didn't want to find out the answer. So I texted my dad who luckily, since I was only like 15, had to pick me up from work. So I texted my dad and said, please, because I usually walked by myself to the car and I said, please come in the last 20 minutes of work. So you can walk me out to the car because that guy that was stalking me has shown up at my work. And that's the last I ever heard of him. I think he got the message finally. But, you know, to me, like, ever since then, like, I just never, like, I've just never been into, like, online gaming. Because I'll never forget the moment that someone from the online world showed up in my real world and uninvited. So I just, like, I don't do online gaming because I don't want to meet strangers who, like, I do online gaming, but I don't, like, interact with people because I just don't feel comfortable with it because it always, like, makes me think, what if I'm one of the unlucky people that it's not just a person who's shy, it's someone who's violent. So, like, for me, like, I mean, again, mine was a very minor incident. Nothing happened to me, but it was scary. And so, like, when somebody, like, you know, intercedes on your, you know, or invades your privacy like that it's just it's very scary so like you know i was like oh shit i think almost every girl has had some kind of and maybe a lot of men too because i know i had kind of an obsessive crush on a boy when i was 14 and like i went a little overboard with like the messaging and shit 
And, like, I always feel embarrassed about that because I was just like, man, I was an idiot. Like, like if somebody doesn't like you, just, like, move the fuck yeah. on. But, you know, 14-year-olds don't understand that. I understand that. So, like, I mean, we've all had incidents where, like, someone likes us too much and it's just too much for us. And we're just, like, gotta... I mean, it's one thing if, like, you're in a relationship and maybe you're on a slightly different page and you gotta wait for the other person to catch up or vice versa. But it's another thing when you're not in a relationship and you've already built this relationship up way too much. Yeah. Like, if you're not even sure the person likes you, then you really shouldn't be planning on marrying them. I'm just gonna let you know. Like, at least ascertain that they are attracted to you before you start planning a wedding. Um, but this guy is, like, you are my ride or die. And we see him show up to her mom's hotel room. And that was awful. Um, I mean, there's not really a scene. He says, oh, it's maintenance. And I was like, don't let him in. But she's never seen him him before because, of course, Sawyer's never told her about this incident either. Yeah, she didn't tell him about it until she's in Pennsylvania. Um, And then what happens next? Oh, okay. So, yeah. So I think she ends up... um, So is there a scene, and I may be forgetting, but is there a scene where um, we do find out that it is actually... Why am I blinking? It is actually David. Um, so David, like, talks to Sawyer in some way, right? So there is a way that we know that this isn't fake. This isn't paranoia. It's actually David. Um, and then he's spying on her, yeah. uh, talking to um, Nate. Like, so he's, like, spying on her, talking to yes. Nate. because Nate, Oh, poor Nate. Yeah, because Nate's about to be released. And Nate's talking to somebody on the phone about, like, this is the biggest story that's ever going to hit. And you're like, what is going on? But, um... Yeah, so he sees Nate talking to her. They're just like, she's like, hey, like, she's almost like, when you get out, maybe, do you want to? He's like, no, no. It's like, but she's like, well, you've been a friend to me, and I really want to be a friend back to you. He's like, well, things are a lot different on the outside, but, you know, if you don't change your mind when you get out, maybe I can use your phone. So it's like, it's not like they're even, like, in love. Yeah. But they're like, you know, maybe friends, maybe more there's a possibility of her, like, maybe having a normal relationship, right? right? She's opened up to somebody finally, whether he's just a friend or he's a romantic partner. It's great to open up, right? And David's watching, and David kidnaps Nate, and then uh, Electric shocks him in his head. Yeah. And then stages him ODing, which um, somebody finds his notepad, and they turn it into the administrator, He's like, oh, you did the right thing coming to me. But it turns out Nate is a reporter who was doing an inside job. Kind of like Sarah... Paulson. What's her face? Sarah Paulson Mm -hmm. on the Asylum season of um, American Horror Story. So he gets his story published. So amidst the climax of the movie, there's all this stuff coming out like, this place is running an insurance scam and blah, blah, blah. And I don't like that it turns into that. Personally, I think it was a little too much. Like, like, it was trying to be, like, Spotlight, where, like, this abuse is happening all over the world. But Spotlight had, like, actual proof that they show at the end. Whereas this was kind of like, um, is it happening? Because I'm not sure if it's happening. Yeah. I probably should have researched it more, but I did not have time. Um, but meanwhile, David is making his final move, and he sends a text message to Sawyer of Nate dead. Yeah almost or at least imprisoned and she freaks out and instead of looking at the cell phone and i going, thought that wow, too this is one of our patients yeah. the guys just uh put her in solitary confinement i wonder what happened to that cell phone 
Because literally they, they restrained yeah, her. she gave it to they, them. They restrained her. They have the cell phone, and I guess they just don't do shit with it? Like, look at it or anything, or I don't know. But yet they look at his notebook? Yeah. I mean, like, it just didn't make any sense. Exactly. Like, I just, and he, they could have saved him. Um, yeah, that was another, like, I was like, oh, I just don't think that would have happened. But okay. But so she's in solitary confinement, and he finally comes to her and is like, Oh, and he also left her mother's wedding ring under her pillow, and she finds it, and she's like, why did you give me my mother's wedding ring? And she hasn't been able to get a hold of her mom, and um, he's like, oh, I went and talked to your mother, and she wanted us to have your parents' ring for our wedding, and you're like, mmm, doubtful. Um, and he's all like, we're going to go to this cabin in New Hampshire, and it's going to be secluded, and it's just going to be the two of us, and... I'm like, you know, no. And he's like, maybe in a year or two, you'll learn to love me. I was like, okay, if you have to, if someone has to quote unquote learn to love you, yeah. it's not going to work out. Like, this is not the Middle Ages. You're not, you know, settled up with somebody that you're arranged with. This is like real life and you can choose to be with whoever you want to as long as both of you are willing to work on that relationship. So, uh, if one of you isn't willing isn't in love with the other person, then you probably shouldn't be together. Like, I just, I don't know. It's, oh, stalkers are crazy. Yes. But I do feel like they get a little broad with the stalker stuff. Yeah. And that's why I kind of feel like it's a little bit, like, I hate that two men wrote it because I feel like they're a little broad with it. And I feel like a woman might have, like, different insight because more, I feel like women are more often the victim of stalking than men. I could be, I mean, I'm sure there are men that of are course. stalked. Of course, yeah. I know there are men that are stalked. But I feel like women... I have more women tell me that they're stalked than men. But that doesn't... Maybe men just don't open up as much. I don't know. Um, and she basically... First of all, she's a bitch to him. And is like, you fucking moron. You're such an idiot. Why do you even like me? This is who I am. I'm a bitch. And that doesn't work. So he comes back and brings her a bunch of food. That apparently he's been watching her eat every morning. Great. Ugh. And, um, then he, she, she tries an alternative method yeah. and she's like, you know, maybe you do owe me, but you know what? I just have to ask you no judgment. And this was judgment. Cause I was like, hashtag virgin shaming because she's like, have you ever sexually been with anybody before? And obviously the answer is no. And she's like, I can be your last, but I can't be your first. I need you to get Violet because Violet has the shit. Yeah. Or shank, whichever we prefer to call it. And I'm not really sure what the definition is of shiv versus shank. But, you know. Anyways, so she she's like, you have to have sex with her in front of me. And I'm like, oh, God. Which she gets a little crazy. But I'm like, I mean, she's in a desperate situation. Yeah. But I feel kind of bad for Violet. Um, yeah, because but yeah, yeah. she literally... So it's full on, like, he... David is one to rape Violet. And then... Sawyer does break up the rape, but the way she does it is that she starts making out with Violet, and I guess David, like, uh, Meander falls just like, oh, women making out. And that's when she takes the the the, the, the handmade knife, and she fucking stabs him, which I'm like, hell yes! Like, go girl! In the yeah. neck. And grabs his keys. But then she locks Violet in there with him, and he kills he her. He breaks her neck, yeah. 
And then there is a really cool shot where she's trying to get out of the building, but she doesn't know where she's going. She just knows that there is a door that leads to the outside. Oh, she also knows that he's changed her discharge papers to show that she already yeah. left. So no one's looking for her. Um, but um, I, it kind of reminded me, and I've only seen the beginning of this movie, this scene, Martyrs, the French Martyrs. There's a scene where she's escaped and she's running barefoot through the street looking. And this scene was very reminiscent of that. Because she gets out to the outside and she's trying to hide. But, of course, he finds her and he knocks her out. And you see a body in the woods. Now, we thought it was the mom's body at first. And then it wasn't. So we're like, oh, the mom might still be okay. And then she wakes up in a trunk and her mom's dead body is in a garbage bag Yeah. And this is when I hated David, especially because he was like, hi, mom. I was like, fuck you, bitch. Because he hears her scream in the trunk. And then... She ends up like in the woods running away. She jumps out of the moving car. Yeah. Which I was like, fuck. Which is yeah. what Taylor was saying the whole car. time. He's like, it's right there. It's right there because the the, the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just said that yeah. too. Yes. And then like um she finally pulled him like, oh, okay. Um she gets out in the woods and she's running away from him and there's a confrontation and she ends up is killing yeah. him. And then there's a very misery ending where she's at a restaurant with Jill and she jokes about firing Jill. Because I guess now they're friends. And then she thinks she sees her stalker in the restaurant. And she gets a knife and she walks all the way up to him and it's not him. And then she just drops the knife and kind of runs out. And then there's this weird, like, freeze frame. Yeah, like 80s. Like. Yeah. It was a little, like, I was like, um, maybe we could have done without the misery ending. Yeah. But, okay. Um, Because then she just runs out into the street and I'm like. Is she ever sane? Dun, dun, dun. Um, but it's an interesting thriller. I will say it at least keeps you on your toes. Yeah. I guess. It does. I mean, it's a good watch, too, um, when you watch it, because the acting is pretty good. The acting is, once again, solid. Yeah. So I feel like you're invested enough in the story and the characters. I feel more than anything, it's the script that has issues. Yeah, there's a lot of just, like, plot holes and, like, little things that just, like, I'm like, eh. But at least it's not an overly long movie, so it's one of those that you can kind of gloss over. Yeah, it's only 99 minutes, which is, I mean, nine of it's probably, like, uh, credits. So, yeah, credits. it's really not that long of a movie at all. I I recommend seeing it, but I wouldn't pay a lot of money to see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm glad it's for free on Prime right now. Um, overall, Katie, what would you say your rating for this one was? So, I would say the performances are 8 out of 10. The, the likability is kind of a 6 out of 10, yeah. though. So, I'm, I'm going to give it, like, a 6.5. Yeah. Maybe closer to a 7, but I'm, I can't quite give it a 7. It's a 6.5. It's good. Actually, it's funny you said that because I was legitimately hovering between a 6 and a 7. I feel like I was like, oh, 6 is kind of maybe a little cruel. But I was like, yeah, I don't know if I would give this a 7 either because I've given quite a few movies that I liked a 7 just because they had some flaws in them. And I was like, yeah, this one, it was the script and it was the uh, score for me that kind of knocked this rating down a little bit. Yeah. Um. I do have another rating for it. Do I you? do. Do you want to go first? Okay. okay. Sure. I like mine, but I only have one. Rated S for shanks, stalkers, and straight jackets. Yeah, I like that. Even though, incidentally, funny enough, there's not a straight jacket in this film. 
I know. I knew that when I was putting it, but I knew people would know Mental Institution by Straight There you go. That is true. Um, I went with a more serious one. I put C for the color blue and involuntary commitment. I like yours. Yours is a little bit more grindhouse, grindhouse Okay. Yeah, I just, I just, we'll I just knew mine. I liked the color blue, like because they actually dressed her in the color blue throughout the movie too, which I thought was a nice subtle touch. They did, yeah, and they did like the opening narration was in blue, mm-hmm. like they had like a almost like a gel over it that was blue. Yeah, well maybe the artwork for this week will just have to have the blue dress or something. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's my turn to pick. Yes, it is. For next week. It is. Is it is. Um. Okay, so. We had a couple of choices, or I gave Britt a couple of choices, um, but we're going to do something that um, is a predominantly black cast, and I believe a black director as well, so something cool for Black History Month that is kind of funny, and and a horror movie, and it seems like it's very self-aware, like in the genre of like Happy Death Day kind of thing. Uh, it's called Bad Hair. It's streaming on Hulu. It's one of those Hulu... I think it's After Dark, one of their, like, original horror movies. And so it's also a low-budget film, which I think is kind of cool. And Jay Farrow, who played Nate in this movie, is in it as well. I'm not sure what character he is, because I haven't... It's one of those movies I saw the trailer for it, I thought it looked really interesting, and I haven't looked at anything else about it, except that I heard that it was entertaining. Um, And I honestly forgot about it, because I was thinking about doing a more popular movie... Um, but, uh, our friend Peter was like, oh, what about that bad hair movie when the movie I was originally going to do wasn't streaming? I was like, you know, I have not watched that yet. So we're going to do bad hair. So I think it's just called bad hair, not bad hair day. I feel like bad hair is like what I've heard too, the movie being called. And I think I saw a very, very brief trailer on it too, a while back. So yeah, I'm stoked. I'm excited. I'm excited. I want to do something fun, like, but also a horror movie or just weird. And it's independent, so, and it's for Black History Yay! Month. Which is not that it's, it's not really historical. It's a new movie. But I just feel like, I feel like one of the best ways to celebrate Black History Month is to, you know, feature black performers yeah. in the entertainment industry. Because, especially, like, the other thing I was thinking about was Moonlight. But it's not, it's not, it's not really grindhouse because everybody knows yeah. Moonlight. I love Moonlight. But it's not really, you know, it's everybody knows it because it won the Oscar. Yeah. And the most famous Oscar controversy winner yes. ever, where they read the wrong oh. name. Not La La Land. It was Moonlight. Oh. Moonlight is amazing. It was. I love no, Moonlight. If you, you haven't seen Moonlight, you should watch Moonlight. It will wreck your soul. But in, like, in the most positive way. So, yeah. So, I guess with that, we'll um, start saying our goodnights. Um, uh, I hope everyone... Get your vaccine if you're able to. And thank you guys for listening. And thank you for uh, over 125 Woo! followers on Instagram. Yay. Like, that's awesome. That's probably where the, we're the most active. Like, we do have a Facebook page, but we're probably the most active on Instagram. And Britt has been putting a TikTok out every week. So we're, we're trying to get it out there for you Grindhouse gals and pals. Because yes. we just love you guys and we love like the feedback and you guys have just been awesome and thank you for helping us grow we love you guys yes i agree with everything that katie said um taking this time to say uh we appreciate you um we know um some of you are out there um you're not really wanting to be in the spotlight that's okay we still we're glad to have you um we're always (laughs) glad to have you listening even if you don't really (laughs) 
even if you're not the type of person that's like, please watch this movie. Um, it's still nice to know you're out there, and um, hopefully um, we are a part of your day, whether it's watching dishes or driving to work, and we're a good part of your day. Uh, we're a relaxing part of your so. day. Um, I hope you take this time to drink water. Um, please, this time of year is very mm-hmm. important. Even while a pandemic going on, it's very important to keep your immunity up. Um, even if you're not a big vitamin taker, please get some orange juice in your system. Please get some fresh mm-hmm. air and sunshine um, if it's possible. Wash your wash hands. your hands always. Wash your hands as much yes, as possible. Yes, I can't believe that's something we have to remind people of. But yes, please wash your hands. I know. Um, so yes, often. it's kind of disheartening to think about. But yes, please wash your hands. Please wear your mask. Wear your yes. mask above your nose. Above the nose, yes, because that's something a lot of people <laughs> don't do. Oh my god, it's so funny when like grown adults can wear masks worse than children. Like children can do it, no problem. Um. So, anyways, we love you yes. guys. Love you very much. Thank you so much. Um. As always, we are so looking forward to seeing you next week. Same spoopy time. Same okay. spoopy channel. And stay spoopy, y'all. <laughs> stay spoopy, y'all. Have a good night, a good afternoon, and a good morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever time of day you're listening to us. We love you guys. Night, Have a good night. night Katie. Good night, Britt. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty-free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.